Hi, I'm Robin McCauley, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be here. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room to promote his new solo album, Alive, please welcome the hardest working vocalist in rock, Mr. Robin McCauley. Hey Robin. Drum roll. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to see you. And where are you Zooming from right now? I am uh, in Los Angeles, California. Well, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm in Woodland Hills. Did you get? Oh, dude, you just up the street, aren't you? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, if you not if you want to give specifics, I don't know exactly in well, Los I'm Angeles. A, I'm right over at the uh, actually, I'm borderland Ventura County, so I'm right up at the Reagan. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, Simi Valley area. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, did you get shaken up last night? Um, you know, don't laugh, but I heard something. And yep. I thought it was my cat running up the stairs. And All my right. wife said, did you feel that? And I went, I, I thought that was the cat. And she goes, no, that wasn't the cat. <laughs> so I, um, her her phone started going off. Mine started going off. And I went, oh, something in Malibu, a 4.2 or something. So that's the first one in a quite in a while. Yeah. yeah. Time. But it we went that- all the way over here. Not much, but yeah. Hey. We had a good little jolt, but not not crazy. Just enough to wake us up and then keep us up for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. The cat woke me up. <laughs> uh, how long has uh, Southern California been your home? Oh my God, thirty five years. Wow. All right. Yeah, yeah. I came here. Um, came here in eighty eight. Never left. <laughs> All right. I came here in ninety five and never left. So oh, where, where did you come from? Uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, but then I uh, I lived in Chicago for six years before coming here. Ah. So I was definitely ready for the warm weather. Oh, my God. You know, it's already too cold, right? I know. We have California bones now. If it gets... Uh, uh, you know, I used to I used to have kryptonite in my blood. Gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, my first question to you, and uh, this will sound like a funny question, but I'm totally serious. Do you ever not sing your ass off? Oh my God, that's that's a question. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you think I sing my ass off. Um, oh, where do I? I love to work. Yeah. Um, I love to work. Um, it probably sounds like I sing a lot more than I do, but but um, people go, where do you find the time to make two Black Swan records, two solo records, and still do the other stuff? Um, I'm really good at time management. <laughs> um, and I love to work. And I think um, I'm blessed and fortunate that my phone rings and people want me to work and still think that I'm good enough to work and good enough to get me out there and be part of whatever they're doing in addition to whatever I'm doing. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I, I uh, I suppose one of these days I'll wake up and I'll go, eh, 
I don't want to do this anymore, but it's not today. (laughs) No, in case people don't know, uh, Robin's new album, which will be out uh, February 17th. By the time you guys hear this, it'll have been out for a week. The album is called Alive. It's, uh, It's his new solo album, but he has released four albums in four years. 2020, Shake the World with his band Black Swan. Then 2021, Standing on the Edge, solo album. Then 2022, Generation Mind, the second album with Black Swan. And now in 2023, Alive, uh, another proper solo album. I feel like you have a newfound energy. It's like you're a man on a mission right now. This is incredible. So much material. Um, Yeah, um, I I guess thank you to uh, Frontiers. You know, Frontiers approached me uh, almost a year before we actually dropped uh, Shake the World from Black Swan. And to be perfectly honest, Pat, I said, nah, I don't want to do a solo record. Who the hell wants to hear a solo record from me? So without getting into specifics, uh, other than the fact that I just didn't want to do it, and I didn't know what to do with a solo record. Uh, we stuck it up on the shelf somewhere and uh, not too close to the top. And fast forward somewhere, I get a call from Jeff Pilton and he goes, hey, Frontiers wants me to put a super group. And I went, well, you can forget that too, because I said, nobody listens to super groups. That's like, it's a joke, you know, <laughs> speaking of comedy. <laughs> and he goes, well, well, you're the only singer I've asked because I really want you to do it. Uh, Jeff and I go back. I'll be married 30 years to the same woman this year. And Jeff was our best man 30 years ago. Oh, so. wow. And and um, <clears throat> and he was on the third Macaulay Shanker album. He was yes, in the he band. Was. Yes, he was. And with, with James Kotak on drums. And yep. Jeff also came out and was on the Unplugged tour on the on the U.S. side of it uh, for a lot of dates. Um, and so Jeff went on to say, hey, I got Red Beach. Red really wants to do this. He did the Dock and Tooth and Nail. Um, and I said, Hey, if you play bass, I'll do it. And he goes, no, I'm producing. I'll probably do a little co-writing. Um, and I'll sort of be in a supervisory role. And I'm going, Jeff Pilton, a supervisor. I said, you play bass and write songs. (laughs) Anyway, the rest, you know, uh, we kind of bludgeoned him, um, which wasn't difficult because, you know, he's just awesome. He might be he might be harder working than you, Robin. Uh, you know, he never stops. Never he, stops. He never stops, and now he's part of Revolution Saints with uh, Joel Hoekstra and, and Dick Foreigner. Dick. Yeah. So um, we got it going, and then the label says, "Hey, maybe you should keep up the momentum and get that solo record out that you refused to do." And so there I was, and I didn't know what to do, and yeah. We got it done, and I was really surprised that I got any kind of reaction at all. But we did, and suddenly we have Generation Mind, and here we are with Alive. And I'm going, oh, fancy that! Look at look at look at all the work we just got done. <laughs> so it wasn't planned; it just kind of segued nicely, nicely one to the next. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to me in a 41 year recording career, Alive is only your third proper solo album. Actually, it's officially my second because the first one, uh, uh, Business as Usual, I had co-written that with Frankie Sullivan from Survivor. Yes, and And Kurt Cuomo. Yeah, and Kurt Cuomo. And Frankie came into town and he goes, hey, um, 
John Kaladin has been talking to me, and he just absolutely loves the Macaulay Schenker single anytime. And he thinks you and I would have a great collaboration. Fancy getting together, writing some songs. Um, then I later heard that uh, I was actually supposed to work with Ricky Phillips, bass player with Sticks, you know, sure. also with the babies. Um, and um, we wrote that record. Uh, we tried to pitch it to a bunch of labels. Um, we had actually come up with a title for it called... Uh, Inner Groove Distortion, I remember. <laughs> um, we went to a bunch of labels, and they went, man, we don't hear too much distortion on here. And um, it just sat. I mean, it sat around for, I think, five years. Grunge was in. Um, alternative was in. There was no place for it. Yeah. And a Japanese label picked it up, put it out. Frankie goes, eh, forget it. Put it out as your solo record. So it was a a non-intentional solo record. Um, people loved it. People could only buy it on import. Yeah. Uh, and so um, there's the reasoning behind people go, dude, you don't make too many solo records. It's been what, like 99 <laughs> was the last one. So this is my official second. Official second. Well, just to touch on business as usual, and then we're going to jump right into a live. Yeah. Um, I believe that was recorded right here in Woodland Hills. Yes, sir, it was. At Kirk's home, actually. Yeah. The song Every Little Thing kicks off with some classic Frankie Sullivan guitar. I mean, it oh, literally sounds yes. like Survivor. And for me, that album just sounds like three friends having a good time. That's exactly what it was. We just we were just throwing ideas out there. We were going, this sounds this cool. That's cool. There was no really process behind it other than let's see what we can come up with. And that's really all it was. We wrote an album worth of songs. We stuck them together in the format that they're in and went, ah, let's see if anybody has an interest in it and nobody did <laughs> as so often happens <laughs> sorry about that cough i know it's rough just so people know i'm, I'm muting my mic from time to time because i have uh, a that's one of the, agony a little one, little little tip from a singer grab a facial steamer or just the old tried and tested tub of boiling water and do little, it little vicks vapor rub get our sand in the shower for an extra five minutes and get that moisture down the back of those pipes well i don't care how bad the cough was i i wasn't gonna not uh oh. talk to robin mccauley today Thank all right you. so alive yes this thing it's just it's just amazing like i cannot believe how good this album is oh thank you 
Uh, I've been listening to it uh, because of this interview. I've heard the whole thing uh, through Frontiers, which Frontiers really does a great job with, if it's okay to use the term, with you legacy artists. You you guys make videos. The packaging's cool. They seem to not spare any expense when they're when they're putting these releases out it's awesome it's awesome you know we shot there's uh we dropped the title track uh, alive um probably probably a month ago now Followed by the second single, I think three weeks ago, Feel Like Hell. Both of them have videos. Um, album will drop on February 17th. the third single with that and what i what's awesome is they they kind of give me free reign with the artwork and like on standing on the edge like on the black swan stuff we had a different we had stan decker do the artwork for for uh um black swan and i've worked with the same artist uh, nella del omo for my solo stuff and he is amazing and they go hey got any ideas and that's the worst question you can ask me because when i was writing the lyrics and melody to alive i'm already in right in cover artwork and i'm going and i love old vampire movies i love the old hollywood movies i love the old frankenstein movies and as soon as i decided which was very early on that alive would be a great album title for me yeah um um not least to mention you know i'm I'm hitting a gigantic birthday <laughs> uh, but i feel really good and i felt really energized and i went oh this would be a great title and i started conjuring up this sort of power charge and stuff and then i went oh my god if we could create an old frankenstein type laboratory have the incubator bring the electrodes in yeah. do it that way and have some fun with it you know 
And we just we just came up with all of these imageries until I went, this, no, we need to do this and put that in there and blah, blah, blah. And we did the same with the photos. Uh, Enzo Mazio also works photographer for the label. And we did most of that in post-production because I yeah. said, no, I want, I want to get all of this charge. And he goes, well, I can't do that live when I take right. the photo. So we, we did it all post-production, did an amazing job because, Pat, if you know me, I'm not one for like standing up against the wall and I hate all that shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that, you know, I just, not right. I'm not that. And Enzo goes, dude, what do you have? What do you have that we're going to do there for this time? And I went, we're not standing up against a wall. I'm doing just a, and so did an amazing job and we created all of that. And it's just, I love it. I love yeah. it because, because uh, it's just different. And uh, kudos to Alessandro Del Vecchio who engineered and produced this one again. And he plays on it. He plays on it. Uh, Andrea Cerveso on guitar who just kills it for me because I love that kid. I just love what he plays. Nicholas Papapico on drums, murders it, just brings the thunder in the background. And I think he makes my stuff sound different than all of the other uh, yeah. Frontier stuff because the artwork doesn't look like any of the rest of them. Um, and the sound is different. It's modern. It's 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 powerful. And and it's it's good. It gives it a fresh approach. And, and that's... That's what keeps me alive. <laughs> this this shows what what a nice guy you are because this is a it's a solo record, but you just gave a shout out to everyone that plays on it, and a lot of people might not do that. They might want oh, you to, you to Pat, think. I don't do oh, this. By I don't do this by myself. I mean, right. I write all the lyrics. I write all the melodies. They throw they. I mean, they throw a bucket load of songs at me, and I'm going. Give me something like this. Give me something like this. Um, and they throw all of this stuff, and then I will sift through it slowly i don't race through it and i go okay i pick these 12 uh, and i'm going to work on these 12 alexander goes go for it and i've been telling people i'm kind of pissed because i submit all of the demos with all my ideas uh -huh. and i'm expecting a little pushback mm, better if you did that better if you did that maybe don't go to that note here do this there was nothing you just get <laughs> so, so you're telling me you, are you telling me you might like a little pushback well i i enjoy the the uh because you know you get so uh immersed in in your own self and you go this is good and i'm not changing it for anybody but you only have one set of ears i like other people to listen right and go, you know see hear that chord that's just sing that note over that chord not the note that you're singing and and more times than off, it just takes it into a different dimension. It just gives it a different feel. And he goes, this is really good. I love this. Just go in, record it, and send me the stems on it. The only thing I didn't plan uh, or map out before the, the, the vocals was all of the out sections. You know, I went, I'll just leave that for the night when I'm right. recording it. And if something hits me, it does, or I'll just hit the end record button. <laughs> I'm going to stop it dead. <laughs> And so it's great. It's a it's a blast. It's a really fun process, you know. Also, going back to the uh, the the PR photos, I saw those the ones that you did with the uh, what are we talking about with the lightning with the charge, or the charge? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we'll be using one of those on our socials to uh, promote this episode. But yeah, those are cool. And it looks like you're having fun doing something like that. It's a blast because because you can't 
see the post-production when you're right there doing it. Right. But you have to have the, the vision of, of what that's going to kind of look like. So, you know, we brought in the gloves, we brought in, and I had all of that stuff and I'm going, I want to use this stuff. And, and, and you kind of, you create the, you create the sort of the, the foundation for yeah. the, for what will become goes into the post-production phase and, and you have to, you don't always get it right, but you know, we, we were going, this is what we're going to do with this. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when you see it, you're going, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> and, um, and you can laugh at it yeah. and, have fun, and have fun with it. It's kind of boring, you know? Well, it's great to hear in your voice after all these years that you're still getting a kick out of this stuff. That's oh, a blast. I love it. I'm um, done. <laughs> what what birthday is coming up? Do you mind telling us? Oh, it's gone. What ha- it, What was it? It was on the 20th, last uh, Friday. Happy birthday. Happy 70th birthday. Well, that this is this is incredible. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what I mean. I'm I'm going to be 59, so I'm almost. Oh, dude, 60. you're a baby. I know it's uh, it's weird, but um, you look great. You sound great, and that just doesn't happen automatically. What do you do to keep the pipes in shape and to keep yourself in shape? Do you do you exercise? Do you have a diet uh, you adhere to? Uh, you know, you know, uh, digressing a hair. My my sister Margo, uh, she said. So 70, huh? And I'm going, I just checked all my records this morning to see if there was a typo. She goes, no, <laughs> no there's no typo. She goes, but think of it like this. Think of it like you're just 18 with 52 years experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, nice. okay, okay I'll, I'll, I'll keep that. So um, I take great care of my voice. It's It's my instrument. It's my responsibility. If I want to do, continue to do what I'm doing, um, that's my responsibility. I, I love walking. I don't do anything extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I've never smoked in my life. I don't know if that's paramount. Um, to me, it is. I'm an I'm an absolute extreme avid non-smoker. I mean, extreme. Um, when I mean smoking, I mean right across the whole gamut. I've never smoked anything in my life. Well, Just, the, I, this is. Smoking. I'm right there with you. My I grew up with parents who smoked and you I know. hated it so much Likewise. that I've never smoked anything. Likewise. Uh, Likewise. No Can't cigar at a bachelor no. party, nothing. Oh, dude. No, I've been given, you know, my kids were born. Oh, dude, you get the cigar. I went, well, that's really nice. I know it's like customary, but I won't be smoking it. No. Um I can't be in a room full of smoke. I hate it. Uh, I actually, to the extreme, and I'm going to nail this because I'm telling you, I won't even sit at a table that has an ashtray on it. That's how bad I am. No, it's gross. I hate it. it I'm it right is, there with you. Yeah, it's gross. So if that's if that is one part that helps me with my voice, that's it's uh, it's it's some it's not going to happen now. Um, I love a glass of wine or two or three, um, but when I'm working. Alcohol's out. Alcohol to me is just very constricting to the vocal cords. Doesn't work for me. But when the job is done, I'll sit with the best of it. I'll sit with the best of you, man. Um, and then I can have a drink and I can have it uh, at my leisure and I don't have to think, ah, shoot, I have to record tomorrow. Right, exactly. And that's my that's my cutoff. That's that's just how I uh, that's how I roll. All right. I want to let people know that they can go to, we're not wrapping up. This sounds like I'm wrapping up. I just yeah. want to let them know you can go to uh, YouTube and you can see the videos for a live and for the second release 
Feel Like Hell. Correct. And I want to give a shout out to a song on the album called Can't Go On, which it's just epic for me. I just love that so much. Well, if you like it that much, it's going to be the third single, I well, believe. <laughs> I should, I should <laughs> well be. Well done, Pat. Well done. I should be. Uh, I should be a A and R person. Yes, you should. You know that we, we were we were discussing. Uh, you know how it is. You get pigeonholed and all that sort of stuff. Right. That's your bag, man. Um, also, I don't like that kind of stuff either. Um, so we were we were like tossing it up in the air we were thinking maybe bless me father it's a great i love that track we were thinking then maybe endless mile might be the third single so we keep everything you know yeah. crash and crash and burn And then um, one of the guys at the label says, well, we do know you for the ballads. <laughs> <laughs> and they were going, we think maybe the ballad, because that's that's kind of what people are going to go. There it is. There's there's the ballad. And I think it's um, and thank you. It's it's I think it's it's a beautiful song. I it think. is. Uh, it really is. Great song. Great arrangement. Um, when I first heard the music, uh, it was very basic and. I listened to it a few times, not as many as I did the rest of them. And I went, oh, man, this is just – and I love working on that kind of stuff. I just immerse myself into it. Um, in fact, one of the writers, Ulrich uh, Longfist and Pete Alpen Alpenberg that come from Sweden, I worked with them and I worked with them on the last album. Um, and when I wrote the bridge section, he comes back to me and he goes, promise me. Promise me you won't change that bridge. Tell me you won't change that bridge when you go to record this for real. Please don't change that bridge. And I want change it for what? He goes, I don't care. Don't change it for anything. Don't change it at all. Yeah. So, you know, they get, they get. And he goes, I want to hear this immediately. You know, and before, just when the mix was done, oh, my God, he was on. He was like, can I hear it? 
can I hear it? And I went, no, you can't hear it. He goes, oh, come on, man, let me hear it. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it came out great. I think it's just a great song. Yeah. Do you, do you have a muse for these ballads that you write? I don't have a book of words under the desk, on the desk, anywhere in the house. I don't have a dictionary of like uh, lyrical uh, song phrases. I have nothing like that. It, it's, it really, honest to God, comes to me as I listen to each track. Every nice. track I leave on the day for the moment and whatever garbage comes out <laughs> that's what comes that's what comes out and i can't change it and sometimes sometimes i'll have an idea um a particular idea like a storyline idea and i'll think of something and i'll actually start googling and see if i can find a book or a story or a movie uh -huh. that go with that idea and then i'll drop the song completely and i'll spend a couple of days just reading on this and i'm going to immerse my find myself a new story and um then i'll come back to the song and see if anything makes sense to me and i'll usually go down that that road as i did somewhere in the middle of the record there's a song on there called uh my only son which is based on actual fact of uh, um, a lady, <laughs> I call her, she was actually a murderess, uh, called Santa Keems. And she, uh, true story, uh, okay. Mary, Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore uh, played her in uh, a movie, I think called My Mother's Son. Um, she had two sons. She had a very wealthy husband whom she murdered. Um, one of the sons, she had a an incestuous relationship with molded him to be just like her murdering left right i think they murdered at least they were convicted of about six people and basically they used to mix with the white house people they were like very affluent wow um, and she just was into um stealing property and real estate and anything else she could do and the end product was that she would murder that person and come up with some cock and bull story and like everything, you all you always get caught. And she got jailed. He got jailed. She died in jail. She threw him under the bus. Said it wasn't it wasn't her. It was all his idea. And then uh, when she died, he uh, he um, he spilled the beans. And, yeah. Uh, he was. I think he was headed for the execution block um, because I think it was still legal in California at the time. And. Uh, he um he's still in jail he's actually still alive wow. still in jail in california um so anyway i just digress there a little bit but just to answer your question sometimes i will actually go down that road of of, 
of facts and stories and all of that. And that, that gives me another, there's so much information out there. There is. Yeah. If, I'm if, gonna you, bother, if you, if you, if you really want to get into, I, you know, Jeff Pilson, when we write the, uh, the black swan stuff, he goes, dude, always a story. There's always, <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, but isn't it great? Cause you learn, you just learn something, <laughs> you know, BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So 2022, last year, Generation Mind, the second Black Swan album, the title track is, it's killer. It's just so fantastic. Album's the great. What about the artwork? <laughs> Again, Frontiers is killing it. Yeah, the whole thing's great. It, is there a plan to do more new music with Black Swan? I'm told uh, on good authority that there will be a third Black Swan record. All right. And is that what, the best news you've ever heard? I that love is it. great news. And how it. do we how do we get I mean, everyone's so busy. Is there ever going to possibly be a Black Swan? mini tour or some shows not soon enough um are all you guys based in los angeles area the four uh, of you Jeff and myself are matt lives over on the east coast uh, okay and and uh reb is in uh um pittsburgh okay um reb's busy of course with with was with white snake he's busy with winger just busy with foreigner other projects that he's recording and producing um we've always said since shake the world that ideally in a perfect world what would be awesome for black swan would be um introducing ourselves on some of the big festivals because you get a lot oh, of yeah. people in the same place at the same time um do weekend of festivals here if we were available here so you're going to get the masses and if the promoters are going oh dudes you have to tour and then that would be the perfect way to introduce the band Fast forward to 23, Frontiers uh, are bringing back their live festivals uh, oh, that, wow. they did, that they did pre-pandemic. They've already started. I think they did some in, in Sweden already. Um, there will be one in Milan about the middle of the year. I've already been asked to perform. I'll have my band, not my band, but I'll have these guys with me. And the plan is that we'll be rehearsed for it and that we should add some more shows to it. Um, okay. 
we're also hoping that, uh, and I've been talking to Rev, that, you know, I said, dude, you have to be in Milan. If you're not there with Winger, just come anyway. And then we're going to introduce some Black Swans into into that set. So it'll be it'll be a, a coverage of my solo stuff, Black Swan stuff, and should be really good. Cool. And then, and what about solo Robin McCauley shows to promote alive? Well, that's the, that's what, that's the plan because I'll be in there rehearsing with the band. The band will be rehearsed okay. and I'm hoping ready to go with some additional shows outside of the festival. That's the plan. All right. Well, I hope Southern California gets one of those shows for sure. I'm, I'll, I'll be working extremely hard to make that happen. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, 2021, the Standing on the Edge solo album, which you're calling your first official yes. solo album. Uh, for me, there's something for every Macaulay fan on this one. It kicks off aggressively with Thy Will Be Done. And then two songs later, we get like this lovely mid-tempo tune <laughs> called Late December. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. You know, um, so to explain why I didn't want to do the, the, the solo record, I had no idea what to do. Uh-huh. And, and I went, Who's, who wants to listen to a Robin McCauley solo record, right? Um, so once we decided, okay, I'm going to do it, I thought the best thing to do would be to reach out to people I'd worked with. So one of the writers that was with Survivor, I grabbed a couple of songs from him. Um, he actually wrote with Jimmy Jameson, Tommy Denander up in Sweden, okay. another Swedish writer. Uh, Phil Lanzen, now with Uriah Heap for, I think Uriah Heap is celebrating their 50th anniversary yeah. this year. Phil and I worked together with Grand Prix back in the UK. And I went, I'm going to reach out to Phil. We'll write a song. So that'll sort of be a hint of the, grass, the Grand Prix period with me. Um, and that sort of stuff, that was the best way I thought to put together a solo record. And then other people I hadn't worked with, I, with Alessandro, I got some songs from him. Yeah. And then we put together uh, a record that became 
standing on the edge. And um, we were right in the middle of the pandemic. So there was a lot of that stuff going on. Standing on the edge was very much that, you know, L.A. was kind of on fire and the riots and all of that sort of stuff. So that was kind of planned into the artwork. Um, There is, I, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, it's up on my official Facebook page. But the artist who's really, really good uh, uh, w- with all of the softwares, he actually took the artwork from the cover and he brought all of those fires and that entire work on the artwork all to life. Wow. So it's like animated and you'll be going, get out of my face. Then, of course, I'm going nuts and I'm thinking, you know what? I have another idea for album covers of the future. So I can't say it because you know how people are. All right. So, that's a great idea, dude. Yeah. So um, we're working on something like that, too. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, you brought up Grand Prix. Yes. Uh, 1982. That's uh, your first album with them. The album is called uh, There for None to See. Yes. There's a song on there. There's only one Robin McCauley songwriting credit on that album, but the song is great. It's called Take a Chance. Yeah, so uh, quick story on that. So I'd known the guys um, for a bunch of years before my inclusion in Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew the bass player, I knew uh, Ralph, I knew Mick, the guitar player. And I used to do the pub scene in, in London. And they arrive in one day and they're going, hey, dude, you want to? Well, they don't say dude in London, do they? It's probably <laughs> mate, mate. Mate, yeah. Mate, right. And they said, hey you want to get away from this top 40 stuff and sing some real songs. So we could a demo under the name of raw deal. And um, it was really well received, but at the same time, um, all of the punk explosion happened in the UK. So goodbye, long haired dudes. Right. <laughs> and there was no, no place for it. Um, when the punk thing started to wane a little bit, um, those guys went on to form a band called Paris. And the singer that's now with Uriah Heep, Bernie Shaw, was the singer in Paris. They cut one record with uh, RCA Records. And I get a call from Mick and Phil. And they went, hey, dude, we're, we're down in the studio. Why don't you come down and hang and have fun? And, and I said, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're recording the second record, Bernie's taking time out he's gone to Canada which is where he's from um, and we're just wondering if you'd come down and we need a guide vocal for a few tracks while he's away and blah 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 so now, at, this, at, at this point are they tricking you into joining the band yes I didn't you know <laughs> stupid guy so I get there and I'm thinking as I'm driving down there I'm going hang on Phil is a great singer makes a good singer good enough to put a guide vocal down for sure right. so I get down there and we're just 
just messing around and really not working. And then Mick goes, hey, um, all of these songs are kind of written and stuff. And I heard a few tracks. And then they sent me in and goes, hey, you want to get one of these shot and see how it sounds? And I did, not thinking too much about it. And then Mick goes, oh, this one is not written yet. Do um, you want to have a listen to it and see see if you can come up with something? Because I'm lost. I can't do anything with it. And so in the studio on the night, I just came up with this lyric and a melody and just, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And it became, you know, take a chance. We did a demo on it. And then I get a call. Oh, do you want to join the band? We're changing the name to Grand Prix. And we already have a new record label. We'll be over with Chrysalis. And there's the. There's the there's, story. There's the story. And I said, you can't stick a knife in Bernie's back just because he's in Canada. And they're going, well, we're and uh, it's odd. It's kind of ironic that Phil and Bernie have not been with Uriah Heap for a thousand years. Yeah, incredible. And it's an awesome band, and he's an awesome singer. But, you know, yep. um, I had nothing to do with that transition, nothing at all. Um and it gave Grand Prix a sort of a different sound, different singers, you know. Yep. Gonna, they're just going to fuck up the whole band. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> Excuse um, my French. <laughs> and then your, your second album with Grand Prix, Samurai, you write, you co-write eight of the nine songs. So that was yeah, definitely well, different. Everything was, everything was written on there for none to see, except that one track that makes yeah, yeah. he didn't know what to do with. So when we moved forward to uh, Samurai, um, they wanted me to be more involved with sure. putting my stamp on it. And um, I wish we could go back in. And we've had this conversation. I wish we could go back in and re-record that record because I think I sing better now than I did then. So there's some good tunes. I like, uh, I, I like somewhere tonight a lot. Oh, great track. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, when I, when, when I'm going to interview someone, I make sure I, I dig deep awesome. and, and get involved. Cool. Um, FAR Corporation, explain to the listeners what that is. FAR Corporation uh, was um, a studio project uh, put together by the studio owner, producer, Frank Farian. So it became FAR, his, half his name, Corporation. Yeah. Um, I ended up in Germany. Um, uh, with guys, Phil Filthy Taylor, who was the drummer from Motorhead. Yep. And Robertson, who was also in Motorhead. They left Motorhead. Uh, Chris Glenn, who was the bass player with Alex Harvey Band, also with Michael Schenker Group. Um, they called me and said, hey, 
want to come down and write some songs. It always starts like that, right? Right. Here we go. And, and so I did, and that took us into Frankfurt in Germany. Uh, we demoed a bunch of stuff, and this producer, Frank Farian, heard me sing, invited me down to his studio, and uh, by the end of the first couple of hours I'm in the studio, I have now laid down a brand new track of a cover of Stairway to Heaven. All that glitters is gold And she's buying a stairway to heaven When she gets there she knows If the stores are all closed Will the word she can get what she came for And she's buying a stairway But she wants to be sure Cause you know sometimes words have to me And I'm telling him, I went, you know, you can't really do this because blah, yeah. He goes, no, no, I want you to sing this portion and then somebody else will sing the end section. And I'm going, well, this is kind of weird. And of course, he produced, for those who don't know, he produced uh, Millie Vanilli. Yes. Uh, who... We know the Millie Vanilli story, but yep. millions and millions and millions of records later. He also produced all of the Bonnie M stuff. He did a lot of techno stuff with LaBouche. that was like huge. I think he did um, an album with Meatloaf, I'm pretty sure. Meatloaf and John Parr. Yes. Yeah, Meatloaf and John Parr. Um, I did a lot of uh, sort of side-by-side -side, uh, interviews when, along with Meatloaf when he was uh, um, promoting his stuff. Um, he also, Jennifer Rush came out of that studio um, with the power of love. She came out of that studio too. Um, and so it was hugely, it was a project. We, we, we went live in, on the island of Ibiza at the Barcelona Olympics uh, to millions and millions of people. The very first night that we aired um, Stairway to Heaven, I think we had a viewing audience of like 86 million people. And you sang that live. I was saying that live and I sang it live on, in the Vegas show for years and the that, Radio Rockwell show. Yeah. Now, is it true that a member of Led Zeppelin was in attendance when you once sang that live? Well, not more than a member. Um, Robert Plant was there with his solo band. So okay. we're, you know, you know, when you, when you're shooting a, a show like that, Slade were on the show. Great. Hey, Kate Bush was on the show. There was a punk band called uh, Ten Pole Tudor out of mm -hmm. the UK, all dressed like priests. <laughs> I remember Bobby Kimball looking at him, God damn! <laughs> it was like freaking him out. Um, and Robert Plant was there with his band. We had this big black and silver backdrop, you know, black background with like stairway to heaven and silver. And we were getting camera. Uh, positioning for, for the night show. Um, and then the guitar player said, uh, Robert Plant is staring down the back of your neck. And I'm going, sure he is. Now, I didn't see the roster of artists on the show. Okay. And I turn around and Robert Plant is literally from across the studio on his stage pointing to me. 
one finger pointing straight in my face and and it was almost like right and i'm going don't look at me talk to the producer <laughs> yeah it's not and my it's, fault it's not my fault um and of course that remake went on to sell more than two million singles just in the uk uh it it was in the top 10 i think it made it to number eight it was tipped to go number one um the album was top 40 almost over all of Europe, and then we followed it with a, a uh, I think that was called Division One, and then we made another one, did the same thing, and um, it was a tremendous, tremendous yeah. lineup. Simon Phillips on drum, Kurt Kress on drum, that also played with Falco, who also was huge at the time. Uh, we had Scott Gorham on some of the tracks. Ah, and, and Lizzie. And Lizzie, he's right? been on the show. He's been on the yeah, show. Right? So um, um who else did we have in there? Um, oh, I can't remember. Back. So once you know that Robert Plant's there, does that ratchet your nerves up at all? Well, yes and no, because I'm thinking, I want my mommy. This is not my fault. <laughs> and I have a ton of photos with Robert and myself and all right, the, cool. the, rest, the rest of the band. And he loved it because Stairway had never been released as a single. Right. It was never a single track because it's so long. Um, and there was a... Uh, well, he, Robin, he loved it because he's making some money off of that. Oh, he was making bank. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, I had this, I guess they called it, what did they call it? Like a mullet haircut. And Robert had a kind of a mullet haircut at the time. So all of the English press would start releasing all of these statements with his mullet and my mullet. And I'm going, it doesn't matter what, what you put up me. His his purse has got a lot more mullets mullets in it than mine does. Yeah. Um, but they loved it. Jimmy Page loved it, and uh, we got the big thumbs up uh, from them. And of course, you're right. They they uh, they made a they made a, a, a packet. <laughs> and Very then, cool. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, Macaulay Shanker Group. Woo! So you guys do three albums together. Um, it was the Michael Shanker group. And then when you join, whose idea was it to, because it could have still been called Michael Shanker group and you could have just been the singer, but whose idea was it to make it Macaulay Shanker group? Is that something I don't want to say insisted on, but suggested, or did Michael suggest that? I was the last of 17 singers who had auditioned. Okay. 17. Michael had come to see me uh, with all the group, Cozy Powell, God rest his soul, Chris Glenn, who was playing bass at the time, Andy Nye on keys, who went on to record and played keys on George Michael's Faith album. Mm -hmm. um, and they were all at a venue in London one night uh, when I was on stage with Grand Prix. Okay. Um, the next morning I had a call. Michael is in the studio, loves your voice would love you to come down uh, and, and sing with MSG. Gary is gone. He would love you to come in. Um, and I went, I can't do that because I'm about to go on tour tomorrow, uh, opening up for Sammy Hager on the Standing Ham Hampton album. Yeah. And I got all of this bad press, like this young Irish upstart who refused to go and join Michael Schenker. Fast forward three years, Stairway to Heaven is now this huge hit at radio. Rudolf Schenker hears it, 
calls Michael and he goes, I really like this singer. And Michael was auditioning and at Rudolph Studio in Germany. And he said, you really should get this guy. This, this, this is the guy. I know this is the guy. Um, Michael goes, well, no, he's not because he refused to join me three years ago. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do it now. Anyway, they tracked me down. I was back in the UK. I was doing some promo for Far Corporation and Stairway to Heaven. Okay. They got hold of me. Long story endless. I end up at Rudolph's studio, the last of 17 singers. They're just hitting me with all of these MSG songs. Before I left the studio, um, Rudolph gives me a cassette tape. And he goes, this is one more song that Michael has. Nothing on it. Just wants to see if you can come up with any ideas, lyrics, melodies. And we'll start back again tomorrow at noon. It's about 3 a.m. in the morning now. Okay. Right? And I've been singing for hours, and I'm thinking, I hate this. <laughs> I have no interest whatsoever. Um, and I got up. I had breakfast. And then I thought, okay, I'll show them. And I just wrote this lyric that became uh, No Time for Losers. came in, finished the audition. Rudolph goes, oh, did you put anything? Did you come up with anything? I went, yeah, yeah, just run the tape. He goes, can I hear it first? I went, no, just run the tape. We'll record it. There's nice. your demo. Got it done. And I left. I went back to London. And then I get a call from Michael four or five days later. And he said, Klaus, Mina, and Rudolph, and the management company, and myself, we would love you to be the new singer. Nice. Uh, and he said, but there's one one change that I really want to make. And he goes, I know you and I have talked about how much you love the MSG logo and it looks great on a jacket and a shirt. And he said, so here's my offer. We keep the name MSG, but the M will stand for Macaulay. And I laughed and I went, that's ridiculous. And I said, it's established. You don't, you know, if it works, don't fix it. Everybody knows it as the Michael Schenker group. Absolutely not important to me that I have my name okay. on there, just not important, period. I said, it'll cause too much confusion because now you're established. You have, for all intents and purposes, a brand. Um, and you leave it alone. I'm all good. Um, let's write some songs and see where we go. Nope, I need this sorted out first. I want a partner. I want a 50-50 partner. Um, and that's my part of the deal. Um, and that's what I want. Nice. Macaulay Schenker was born and it caused nothing but confusion. <laughs> and I got slammed because we're going, oh, who the hell is this guy? Now he's made Michael Schenker all commercial. And what happened to that great guitar player? And now he's writing all of this soppy 80s stuff for MTV and VH1, which Michael never had before. Right. He wanted that. That's what I was supposedly hired for. And now they're like hating it <laughs> because we're on MTV and we're on VH1 and we're on 
and we're on KNAC and all the rest of it and yada 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 yada. Well, the perfect timing album, Give Me Your Love, uh, that was the video promoted on MTV, and that gives Michael his first ever top 100 U.S. hit song. So, come on, it worked. And I didn't. Yeah. I liked. I liked <laughs> when I saw Macaulay Shanker. I was like, "Oh, cool! It still is the same logo." Yeah, and and, yeah, they and tweaked but, it. They tweaked it a little bit. It was the same logo. Same logo. Yeah. yeah, same logo. And then, of course, uh, we move on into Save Yourself, heavier production. And then we release any time that sat AOR for like four weeks or something. that thing almost you know what what killed us on any time was the grammys it was sitting pretty at number four ready to bump into the into the into the main charts and we were over with capital we were we were distributed we were emi yeah. we were distributed through capital and bonnie Raitt picked up four four nods for the grammys of course 
Yeah, we were out with Greg White on, on the road. Poison were out and everybody else who was on Capitol were out and everything just came to a standstill because now all hands on deck. For Bonnie. Which is awesome, of course. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Beyond awesome. But that was where we were at. And uh, I also remember that I got the call from the then CEO at EMI in Cologne, Germany, um, because he'd had a, an email from, or a fax, I think. Whoa, remember faxes? Yeah. He'd had a fax from Capital, and you're going, this is, this is tremendous, what this record is doing. It's tremendous. And I had a call from the CEO, um, who since passed away, I believe. Um, and he said, it's doing so well right now that I am telling you as your Christmas present, this was, I think, November, and he goes, as your Christmas gift, I'm telling you that I'm already picking up the option for another record. And he goes, there's my Christmas gift to you. Well done. And I'm going, oh. So it was great because they loved it. Um, and then I think somewhere down the road, Michael started thinking that it was like music for housewives. <laughs> and, then, yeah, and then he wanted to get back into what was before, yeah. Yeah. which is fine. That's yeah, which fine. is fine because everything runs its everything, right. And he always to the to the logo, you know, because that's his name. Sure. Um, and then we did Shanker Fest, which was best time ever. All singers involved was just just great. I mean, and I did all of Europe with him last year, just me. Um, I did all of the European shows with him last year, and we had the best time. I mean, for me, other than I mean, I'm a huge UFO fan, and yeah. other than Phil Mogg, I feel like his second greatest collaboration with a singer is definitely Robin McCauley. Well, thank you for that. I mean, there's, there's other singers in and out, yeah. but for me, it's, it's, it's you and Phil. Thank you. I love now, a huge UFO fan. It's just yeah. awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Michael seems prickly. <laughs> to, put it, to put it nicely. I've met him as a fan, me, the fan, him, the artist. And he was, he was prickly at that meeting. Obviously, he couldn't possibly be like that in the studio or it would be difficult to work with him. Could you tell us a little bit about what Michael's like uh, when it's musician to musician, when it's he's with his peers? How is he? I remember when I started working with him, he'd be, you know, I'd come up with melodies and lyrics, and then he'd be always working out the guitar parts, mm -hmm. working out the solos. Um, and he is, oh, my God, he is fiercely dedicated to his instrument. I mean, fiercely. It, it's, it's, it's an extension of him. It never leaves him morning through night. It just doesn't. Um, so he'd be practicing, he'd be practicing. But as I'd be writing melodies away from him, um, I'd hear melodies myself for the guitar over the chord structures. Wow. And I just have this... And it's nothing more than a bad habit, okay? And I'd be whistling or humming these melodies, which I'd be thinking would be a great guitar part. And sometimes he would stop and he would go, hmm, I get it. It's okay. I know what you're trying to do here, right? And I'm going, huh? He goes, you're, you're just putting this into my head so I can't forget it in the hopes that I'll play it. He goes, but it's actually really good. <laughs> and, and that's how easy he was. Um, the other guitar player at the time, Steve Mann, who's with him still, 
and is a tremendous uh, 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 writer himself and a great engineer and a great guitar player, great keyboard player. Um, he would like Steve to be in the studio with him, but he insisted that even though I might be done with all my vocal parts, and even if he was working really late into the night, you need to be here. I need you. <laughs> I need you here to listen to what I'm doing. And and if you hear something, and 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 so he was very trustworthy towards me with that nice. sort of stuff. And and I could talk to him, and I go, you know, this is really good. Save yourself, for example, the save yourself track. Um, when I wrote the lyrics and the stuff to that, and I went, this needs something. It needs something. I think this is definitely a lead-off track. Um, it needs an intro. It, ne it needs it needs something over the top of it. And he goes, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, it needs you. It needs you here before we actually kick into the song. And he wrote all of that amazing piece that I don't think anybody can duplicate except himself. Yeah. Um, at the top of the song, and that's the kind of little things that we'd, we'd work on. Today, when I work with him, I mean, on the last European tour, you know, so many times we just sort of go, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? And we just have a great time thinking about it and reminiscing about it. And what I really like about Michael is I'm a real stickler. One of the things we used to always say, Pat, was if you record it and you put it down, make sure we can do it live. Live, right. I'm, I'm a sucker for duplication i don't want to go and see another band and i don't want to hear your 2023 version of a song that i loved here i just want to hear it i want to hear the damn song because that's what i like right don't come up with your own version on the spot because don't make a reggae version of it because you just can't do the the, the original like you right. did it so you're just bastardizing this thing or whatever it is you think you're doing uh, and i'm like that so we used to always say that and damn it to this day all of those MSG songs, those Macaulay Schenker songs, I sing in all the original keys, just like they were recorded. We don't, we don't detune, we don't drop, drop the tuning, and he plays all of those lead breaks, just like he recorded them. Yeah. And sometimes it's an extension because you're in a live show, but those, the main focus of those melodies on those on those lead breaks are exactly, and and he works, he works. Oh my God. All the time. He's always, always making sure that it's right. Listening, listening, listening. Ah, that's wrong. And he gets it exactly like the record. And I'm going, I'm laughing because that's exactly like how I like it. Right. And if I didn't hit those notes like I recorded them, I would get I would get that sort of side lance. Right. <laughs> I would get that side lance. And of course, you know, you age and you're going, can I do that? Can I do that? But so far, so far. So far you can. Well, thank you for uh, shining a light on Michael for me. Uh, he, he is a genius, without a doubt. He's an absolute genius. He's, he's amazing. I, I think he plays better now than he ever did. And that's and, saying something. Yeah. And, you know, if he can, if he's always playing, he, he can't help but play better. He's a perfectionist. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, and this is an interesting thing, he goes, you know, um, as you age, and we, we discussed this on the last, on the last tour, and he said, as you age, he said, there's a lot of guitar players uh, who are always into fast runs. Mm. He goes, over the age, your, your hands start to to feel that. Yeah. And he said, I feel really lucky. I don't, I don't, my hands are not suffering. And, and you know, 
when we do when we do the live shows and we go into rock bottom, sometimes, sometimes the solo has been as long as I think 15, 17 minutes. <laughs> and it's just and it's amazing. And he'll go off, but he'll come back around to the main foundation of the of the of the solo that everybody remembers those notes and you're watching him and you're going he's superhuman or something something. Uh, and the tone his tone is is is, his tone is michael shanker's tone it's not anybody else's it's It's no one else as soon as you hear it you know who it is yeah so my hat always goes off to to her shanker he's he's uh he's brilliant he's brilliant uh, one more maybe he is maybe prickly. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little prickly. Uh, one more side question: From 2006 to 2011, you served as the lead vocalist for Survivor when they toured. Yeah. During that time, was there ever any talk about recording or writing new Survivor music with Robin McCauley? Yes, there was, and we did. And Frankie still has it. Yeah. All right. we, didn't write, we didn't write a huge amount, but we wrote some really cool stuff. All right. And and, and um, he was really proud of it. And and he used to say, hey, I know people will go, we can't we can't write any hits like we used to. And he goes, they're right here. And he goes, this is as good as it gets. And we always thought that we'd put it out. And then there was, uh, then there was, it hit the point after like six years where I think People, I mean, Journey brought in Arnell to sing. Um, Foreigner will back out yep. uh, with, with Kelly. And so there was this resurgence of those bands. And they were getting a, a breath of fresh air back into the, and, and, and revitalized a new energy. Right. And uh, I think Frankie was advised that it needed to mend his ways with Jimmy Jamison. Yeah. And so they decided that. Um, they would bring Jimmy and Dave in, and Jimmy would do Jimmy stuff, and Dave would do Dave stuff. It was a great idea. Unfortunately, uh, poor Jimmy uh, didn't stay very long with us. Um, but it's uh, it's good that Frankie had that was able to mend that uh, relationship with Jimmy. It was, it was very necessary because because I forced I want to say forced Frankie. He asked me when we wrote that business as usual stuff. Yeah, um, he asked me to join Survivor in 1994. Wow. And I said to him, and there was a lot of lawsuits because I think Jimmy was out doing Jimmy Jamison, formerly Survivor, or ex-Survivor. He stopped him from doing all of that. And I went, this is what this man does. You can't stop him from doing that. And he goes, now you should join the band. And I said, it's a pop band. I'm not joining a pop band. I want to be in a rock band. And he would go, you're wrong. It's a rock band. (laughs) (laughs) That was our, that was our, our little inside joke. And I remember saying, you go and mend whatever needs to be mended. And he did bring Jimmy back in and he goes, you were right. You were right. And they fixed it and it didn't last very long before they separated again. Right. And then I came in for the six years and um, Mark Trubay, actually the drummer lives, lives in Woodland Hills. I've yeah. seen him at, uh, I've seen him at the local grocery stores many yeah. times. He's, it was actually his birthday on the same, same date as mine. Yeah. We're not the I same age, wanna... but I always want to go say hi to him, but I'm afraid I'll freak him out. So I never do. <laughs> Tell him I said hello. <laughs> you know what? The next time I see him, now I have to. Yeah. Uh, all right, Robin, in closing, I want to tell people where they can find you. Your website is robinmacaulay.com. Correct. We can also find you on Instagram at robin underscore mc underscore 
Ollie, which is A-U-L-E-Y. Thanks to a couple of listeners, Jeff Scoble and Greg Deinhart, who uh, assisted me with some uh, things for this episode. I appreciate it from you guys. Thank and you guys. my last, uh, my last question for you, or my last request, Robin, is the playout song for this episode. It has to be something from Alive, and it has to be chosen by you. So, what song do we end this episode with? Let's go for. Oh my God! Thank you for that. Um, I don't want to give you the next single because that gives it away a little bit. But um, you can. We can go with "Endless Mile" or "Bless Me, Father." I Let's do "Endless Mile." "Endless Mile" it is. All right. Thank you, Robin McCauley. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I can't wait for you to do a solo show in SoCal. And until then, everyone, go buy the album called Alive, and please enjoy Endless Mile. Thank you, Robin. God bless you. That was so much fun. Thank you. Robin, I have a, I've been having a cold, so if I have a coughing fit, I'm just going to mute my mic. That's so okay. If you I'm see sorry. me, con- if you see me convulsing, just ignore it and keep talking. But I'll, uh, keep, I'll keep talking. I'll start okay. sneezing. <laughs> Alrighty.